Welcome back in. It's another edition of the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast. I'm Joel Norman, and we're joined by the head coach of the Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington. And we've got great news as the 2023 schedule is out. And so with that, the countdown is on. So, Mitch, I think it's a little over 200 days at the time that we're talking away from opening day. But, hey, sunny skies, warm weather. It's around the corner. Uh, how, how excited were you to see the schedule come out this week? Uh, honestly, uh, I was kind of looking forward to it here the last couple weeks um, in the fall. Uh, besides recruiting and stuff, you know, there's not much to look forward to. So the schedule release is always something that is kind of fun and exciting to see where you're playing and who you're playing and uh, just kind of get an overall thoughts and view of the schedules fun. So. Second year coming up for you with the Apple Sox, and for the second straight year, you're going to open at the Bend Elk. So it's kind of funky, funky how that worked out, but both years uh, starting on the road at the same location. And uh, other than that, though, a lot of differences in the schedule from a year ago, too. So, And we're going to dive into that a plenty here, but I figured I'd start by asking you, you mentioned uh, some of the roster construction. How's that been going so far? Obviously, we can't spoil who you have signed yet. That's for in the spring, but uh, how's the construction? of the roster going right now uh overall i think i think it's going really well um i'm really excited about the guys that we have coming in um you know as of now pretty much we are we are completely full at position spots we've got um just a really good depth of talent um i really like the balance a lot of different guys that can play different positions um and the pitching staff is, is just light years ahead of where it was last year so um really deep on the pitching staff side of things and uh, really excited to see um, who we can keep adding here as we go into winter, as far as the arms go and, um, and get this roster ready to be revealed in the spring. What's been the biggest change in your recruiting this off season compared to a year ago? Biggest change this year is, uh, you know, I haven't had to kick in as many doors like I was doing, you know, my first year, it felt like last year I was cold calling schools and, uh, you know, trying to form those connections. And um, after the success we had last summer and um, guys have, you know, gone back to their schools and had only positive things to say about their experience out here last summer. Um, it's been more of, you know, schools contacting me and, um, you know, as well as having um, a pitching coach, Mike Calia, who's, who's had his connections and, you know, so he's been able to uh, help recruit, which has uh, been a blessing on that side of things. So, um, really just it's been a little easier this year um, so it's been great I'm glad you brought up Mike because that was someone I wanted to chat about the the last time we recorded a podcast was to announce that he had been hired and fans got to get to know him a little bit hey, explain to them what Mike brings to this team and what excites you about having him on your staff for the 2023 season yeah I think the first thing that really jumps out to me um, just talking with Mike on the phone and texting with him is his energy um, you can tell this guy is all in on baseball. Um, he's one of those guys that he's got. A, he's going to have a career in this sport. Um, he brings a passion and energy and just this overall just drive to be really good. Um, you know, me and him have been talking about different players and kind of looking at a roster. And, um, you know, he, he him being at Lower Columbia, that's a program that, you know, they expect to win. Um, and so he's going to bring that same mentality to the Apple Sox next summer and um, I think we're going to be, you know, hand in hand and on the same page as far as that goes. We both like to win and we expect to win and uh, have high expectations for our organization. 
excited to have him, and we're excited to see who your other coach will be once that is determined as well. Let's dive into the schedule a little bit. The way things have worked out, pretty much every opponent on the Apple Sox 2023 schedule, it's almost like it's a home-and-home series. At some point, they'll host the Apple Sox will host an opponent, and then they will travel to see that opponent. I think there's only a couple of teams. I don't think there's any team where that isn't the case, where pretty much everyone is going to come here and we will go to everyone as well. Uh, just from the first you know, takeaway of the schedule, the first time you saw it, what were some of your takeaways that you saw of it that really stood out to you about this upcoming year? Yeah, the first thing that really jumped out to me, uh, a big difference from last year, is that we play every one of our North Division um, opponents six times. Um, you know, last year it was kind of interesting that, you know, we'd only play Nanaimo, who's in our division three times, or we played Port Angeles, who's in our division only three times. Um, and then we play, you know, like Bend, we last summer, we played them six times. We played Walla Walla six times. Um, and so, you know, as far as that goes, when you have playoff bursts on the line, um, I like in some ways that you're going to play all of your division opponents six times. It really feels like, you know, the top four from your division are, are going to show themselves because you're going to you're going to prove it. You're going to beat up on other teams in your division or you're going to lose to other teams in your division. Um, so that that really was a big thing that jumped out to me. I noticed that, too. And we, that was something I think you and I talked about a few times last year where Victoria didn't come to Wenatchee. Nanaimo didn't come to Wenatchee. Edmonton <laughs> didn't come to Wenatchee. I mean, we can keep going on and on. It, we played everyone in the division, obviously, but. Uh, the Apple Sox now getting a chance this year to to see everyone at least twice, and I think that'll even things out. And I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong here, if you think I'm, if you think differently, but I feel like by the end of every series with each division opponent, we're going to be saying every season series, I should say, we're going to say, well, we're pretty aware that the teams who made the postseason from the North Division belong to be there. Right, right, yeah. There's no. Uh... There's no excuses for why you didn't make it or you know, why you did make it. Um, you know, like I said, like last year, you know, some teams had to play, you know, four different playoff teams from the South Division. You know, some teams had to play Corvallis six times and others teams didn't play Corvallis at all. Or, you know, we didn't play Portland or Ridgefield. So this year there's kind of none of that. There's it's just, you know, you're going to play in your division and you're going to play them six times and you're going to see what comes of that. As we mentioned before, season begins on the road against the Bend Elks June 2nd through 4th, day off on that Monday, and then a six-game homestand, three games of the Springfield Drifters and the Victoria Harbor Cats before then going to see Springfield um, once again. You guys had great success against Springfield, obviously sweeping them early in the season last year. How nice is that when you guys do get a chance to be at home, that it's not just a brief three-game series, that it's six straight games? How fun is that going to be? Yeah, that's nice. And, and, you know, that's kind of one of the things when the schedule first comes out, you, you kind of look and see what games are, you know, in the dark blue and, you know, how many homestands you have. And uh, it's always nice early in June to, to get a nice six day or a six game homestand there and um, get to play in front of your fans for six straight nights. So that'll make it nice. The summer is only two and a half months a two and a half months long for the season, but it's amazing how how much different weather we can get over the course of the year. Part of that's with how far north we go. Part of that's just the contrast between June and early June and late July, frankly, uh, in the Wenatchee Valley. What's your favorite time of the year to play games at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium? You know, man, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I'd have to say either early June. I love I love those home opener series. 
Um, I loved, you know, kicking off the season at home and um, just having baseball back in the Wenatchee Valley. And there's kind of that buzz around the ballpark. But, you know, I also last year, I loved some August baseball. I love some late July, early August when uh, playoff spots were on the line. You know, we were drawing some of our biggest crowds down the home stretch there. And uh, that made it really fun. Um, the only other time I can really think is, you know, around 4th of July, the, the fireworks nights are always a fun one. And so really happy to see that we have a July 3rd game this year that we were able to throw in with, um, the fish sticks and, uh, and have a fireworks night. Yeah. I always, in terms of weather, I always tell people late June is probably my favorite. It's right on that precipice of the cool and the warm weather. I mean, I'm sure you can remember last year, the home opener was, it was a little bit cool out. Everyone was breaking out the jackets that week. And before you know it, it's August and, uh, and you're sweating buckets out there. But um, you brought up the fireworks night. We're actually going to have two of those this summer. I think that's something really exciting for fans to look forward to. The first one is going to come earlier in the season, and I love how this one's going to work out. It's on the first Friday home game of the season, which is June 9th. So we talked about that extended homestand that goes from Tuesday, June 6th to Sunday, June 11th, and uh, kicking off that first weekend at home with a fireworks night. We always love the July 3rd one. How much are you looking forward to having one of those nights earlier in the season so uh, maybe guys who aren't with the team in July kind of get treated to that as well? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that'll be great. As far as, you know, June 9th, um, that'll still be a time where probably a lot of our 10-day contracts are still playing. Um, probably about half of our full-time roster will be in around then. So it'll be a really cool experience, a great taste for some of those 10-day contract guys to come in and play in front of a good crowd on a fireworks night. Um, and then also, you know, later for our full roster to be in by July 3rd and um, and be able to celebrate, you know, that'll be really our home celebration of the 4th of July as the next day we'll head up to Port Angeles. So that should be a really fun night as well. Usually the rosters get pretty full around that second to last weekend of June. You guys have a non-league series, June 23rd and 24th. That's against the Northwest Star Academy. And it's kind of a busy stretch for the Apple Sox as they play 12 straight days of baseball from June 13th through June 24th. There are three non-league games in there. Is it going to be nice to kind of have uh, three non-league games that week of the 19th through the 24th to kind of work in some new guys and feel out what you've got, especially on the mound, I imagine? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when we were um, when I was sitting down with Ali, uh, our general manager, and talking about some of these non-league games and, you know, kind of trying to find the right fit on days we want to put those in. Um, you know, that was a big point that we both talked about was, you know, it's really nice to get some non-league games in towards that, you know, June 18th, 19th, when those quarter uh, or uh, players that are on quarters at school get to come in around then and um, kind of see what, see what you got. You know, it's a, it's a nice taste, especially on the mound, you know, you, you can kind of schedule and script out your pitching for those non-league games a little more than you can with a West Coast League game. So um, that'll be really nice to have three in that week and, and really find out who we are and what we have. Three non-league opponents in 2023, the Redmond Dudes on Monday, June 19th, the 23rd through 24th of June against the Northwest Star Academy, and July 3rd against the Dub C Fish Sticks. Now, Mitch, we'll start off with the Redmond Dudes. Not everyone's going to be familiar with them because the Apple Sox have never played them before. So another first that you'll have uh, acquired in your tenure as Apple Sox head coach, first of 
uh, time against them as well. Uh, talk about them. That's Pacific International League team. Uh, I don't know if you've been involved in that at all or Ali has. Uh, what, what excites you about having them as the non-league opponent? Yeah, that's, they're nice to bring in here. Um, you know, last year for, for fans that really kept tabs on kind of some of the teams that we played, um, you know, we played the WC Fish Sticks who are in the PIL. Um, and we ended up kind of towards the end as, as the roster shifted, actually snagging a few guys off of that team um, for our playoff run. So um, I'm really excited to get another PIL team in here and kind of see what they have as well as what we have, you know, and, um, you know, kind of keep some of those guys in the back of your mind for down the stretch or, you know, if, if things get thin on pitching or however it may work out in August as rosters change. Um, it's just another chance to see another non-league opponent and kind of see what they have and, um, and, and just see some different players. You mentioned that last year, grabbing some guys from non-league action, Justin Stransky, Nino Voltaggio, DJ Massey, all guys who were from the Dub C Fish Sticks. Um, when you play these non-league teams, some of them are so early in the season, it's probably hard to keep an idea. But, you know, did you make a point last year after games to kind of just write down names of guys who stood out to you some of those nights? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember, you know, when we played – uh, the fish stick seeing you know Stransky behind the dish and I think he threw out a couple of our guys stealing and I thought you know we have some we had some guys last year that could run with o Oyama and um, you know some various guys and so he had thrown out a couple of our guys and I thought okay this kid can play a little bit um, and you know sure enough down the stretch we had a couple catchers that um, ended up you know getting injured Andrew Haight kind of tweaked his arm and Sam Peary had to leave a little early and uh, I just kind of circled back with them and was able to get, you know, Justin on board with us for the home stretch. And um, so, yeah, definitely like to keep an eye on, on those guys, and write down some names as well as just see what programs they're coming from. Uh, it's always fun to see, you know, where they're playing at and what school they're at, whether it be this year or maybe it's just a guy that you kind of want to keep an eye on for the next couple of years and see how he progresses. And maybe he's a, a future Apple Sox in line. Yeah, DJ Massey was like that for me. I remember the first of the two games uh, between Dubsey and Wenatchee, he had he stole second, and then he eventually would score on a throwing error. I think it was the top of the first inning of the first game, and he played really well defensively. And I remember thinking that night, that might be a guy we see on the Apple Sox soon. And obviously, it's a it's, when you get into late July and August, everyone's kind of racing for those players who aren't already on WCL teams. We talked about uh, Dubsey coming up on the July 3rd game. Before that, though, the Northwest Star Academy, June 23rd and 24th. And I'm sure there's a lot of fans who are listening who think, okay, you know, these non-league games aren't that important. But uh, the Nighthawks have actually beaten the Apple Sox now three of the last five games against them, going back to the start of the 2021 season. Um, Mitch, I, I think that's just proof that, you know, these non-league games, regardless of the opponent, they've got to be taken very seriously, right? Oh, absolutely. The, you know, for the casual fan who comes to a non-league game, it's, you know, it's just another game between the Apple Sox and an opponent. But, you know, as a coach, it, it's so it's it's a challenge to manage some of these non-league games just because you play a 54-game West Coast League schedule. You know, you have a certain number of pitchers, a limited amount of pitching, um, and then you mix in a non-league game, you know, sandwiched maybe between two West Coast League games. And so it makes it hard because you're just trying to balance – you know, how many of our, you know, starters do we use? How many innings do we use every pitcher? You know, we want them fresh for a West Coast League game when it, you know, counts towards a playoff run. 
but also, you know, you want to put on a good, a good showing in front of your home fans. You never like to lose in front of them. So it's just, it's trying to find a way to balance, you know, trying to win these games with also trying to set yourself up for West coast league success. And the way it works, like we said, there's a lot of them bunched around West Coast League games. One of them, that July 3rd game, is in between a series against Edmonton on the road, and then right after that you jump into a series against Port Angeles. Is it going to be kind of nice to have that one night in between them where it's not that you're going to ease up, but you realize, okay, we can kind of rest a few of the big guys for one night before locking it back in? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's also nice just – in between a road trip just to come back home, play in front of your fans and, you know, and get some live ABs in as well. And just rather than have an off day in between a West coast league game, just, you know, keep those hitters sharp, um, you know, get some guys who haven't seen innings in the field or, you know, a lot of these non-league games I like to tinker with, you know, a guy that's a utility guy, maybe he plays third base and, you know, he has some previous experience in the outfield, you know, maybe that's a chance to get him some reps out in the outfield. Maybe it's, you know, a chance to see one of these two-way guys who hasn't thrown very many innings on the mound, you know, see what he is, um, and just kind of work out some kinks as well. So it's kind of nice in some in a sense. One of those from last year I always remember was uh, August 1st against the Cascade Collegiate League showcase team having Ivar Arquette at first base. Uh, certainly a moment fans didn't get to see at any previous point uh, in the summer. Looking at some of the other games on the schedule, there's uh, the, the ones – let's talk about the ones against the previous postseason opponents – uh, of course, the Apple Sox swept the Kamloops North Paws in the first round of the North Division playoffs last year. So the Apple Sox will be back at Kamloops. That'll be June 20th through 22nd, and then we'll host the North Paws July 7th through 9th. Other big ones uh, with playoff ramifications. We got to talk about Bellingham. Uh, Bellingham or Wenatchee or both have made the playoffs pretty much every season. In fact, every season since 2018, I believe, maybe 17 as well. So one year or another, it feels like one, one way or another, one of them's going to find their way into the postseason. And they don't see each other until late in the year. And Mitch, this could be a little bit of a, a troublesome thing to look at for the second half standings because the Apple Sox and Bells play July 25th through 27th and then August 1st through 3rd. But the former of those two series coming at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium. How tricky is that having an opponent like Bellingham for six games in the second half part of the schedule? Yeah, um, that was another thing that kind of jumped out to me, you know, seeing the schedule. Um, obviously, last you know last summer it came down to us in Bellingham in the north to try to get to a West Coast League championship. Um, but, yeah, no, that you know, those will be six really – Really tough games. I would imagine there's definitely going to be some playoff implications with those ones, um, but that but that's exciting. You know, that's that's what you play for. That's that's what it's all about is getting some big games at home down the stretch, and then going to Bellingham, which is a really tough place to play, and um, you know having playoff implications on the line. So uh, I'm excited about those ones. I'm excited to see them. And for those of you who may not be familiar or, you know, newcomers to the West Coast League and maybe even the Apple Sox, the way the season works, it's split up into two halves. You have the first half division champion, second half division champion, and uh, those determine the top two spots in the playoff seedings. And then, of course, two wild cards after that with their overall records uh, determining how they do there. Mitch, other games of note on this schedule, but there's two different extended road trips, and they both kind of come in that near that start of the second half, maybe late first half. And then at the end of the second half of the schedule, 
July 11th through 16th. You're going to have plenty of time on British Columbia. Three games with Nanaimo, three games at Victoria. Let's talk about that road trip first there. Uh, you got to imagine Nanaimo is going to bounce back after a rough year last year. Victoria, kind of like Bellingham, they're always in the mix or they're in the playoffs. So that'll be a rough series because they, that's a tough opponent. And uh, like we said, you know, I think between the Apple Sox, the Bells, and the Harbor Cats, you probably figure those three teams will represent at least two of four playoff teams, barring a dramatic change. So uh, wrapping up a six-game road trip at Victoria certainly will present its challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any you know, anytime you go anywhere for six for a six-game road trip, uh, you know, it, it, it makes it uh, a little bit challenging. But uh, you know, we're still excited. The, those will be fun games. Um, you know, last year we actually had some of our best success on those six six day road trips to Canada, going, going four and two on both of them. Um, like you said, Nanaimo's going to bounce back. You know, they have a really good coach, Greg Frady, um, who's a pretty good recruiter, and uh, you you know that they're going to be stronger than what they were last year. And you know, kind of looking at their their season last year, they really finished strong down the stretch. Um, so I imagine they're going to kind of be in that same boat. And, and, you know, like you said, Victoria has kind of been, you know, a West coast league classic team. They're, they're always in it. They're always in the mix. They always have really good players up there. And so, uh, that, that'll definitely present some challenges, but, um, you know, it'll be fun in the same time to go up there and compete. We get a chance, of course, to host Victoria early in the season, June 9th through 11th, as we mentioned, June 9th, uh, Friday night will be a fireworks night. Getting a chance to see a lot of teams twice, as we mentioned. Everyone who's on the schedule will be seen at least twice. It's nice in some ways you get a chance to see some of these legacy franchises. We mentioned Bellingham. Kelowna is another one who's been a day one franchise in the West Coast League. And Bend is another one. We'll get them at home July 17th through 19th. There's only two teams in the South Division, though, that you play. And again, you'll see them six times. Uh, Springfield twice in just over a little over a week span. June 6th through 8th, June 13th through 15th, early in the season. And then the other South Division opponent, of course, is Bend. It's nice to get a chance to see these teams twice, Mitch, and especially go to Springfield for the first time ever. But uh, are you like me and you kind of wish we had a couple more teams from the South on our schedule? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we both have previously talked a little bit about, um, you know, the true, the, the classic West Coast League, you know, it kind of feels like the Walla Walla Suites and Corvallis and the Apple Sox. And uh, so it is a little disappointing not, you know, got, not getting a chance to go compete against Corvallis and, you know, play them. And they're just um, a tremendous organization. And um, so it's always fun to compete against them. Uh, but also, you know, you think about, you know, the Yak Yakima's right down the road from us. Walla Walla is not too far down the road from us. And, you know, we don't get a chance to go on uh, too many short trips this year. So uh, that that's a little disappointing in a sense to not be able to go play Yakima or the Walla Wallas, Corvallis. Um, you know, and for me, last year we didn't get to play Portland and we didn't play Ridgefield. Um, and so, again, on our schedule, unless we meet in, a, you know, in the West Coast League Championship, that'll be the case again. We won't, I won't be able to, um, in two years here, not be able to play against either one of those teams. Yeah, no Portland, no Ridgefield, no Callets, no Corvallis, no Walmart, right. no Yakima on the schedule. It's like we said, I think it's great that the division opponents are really emphasized in the sense that you need to have you need to have six games against them. It, and that showed, I think, a little bit last year with some teams with how they were able to 
play down the stretch or how difficult things could be for them. So I think it's great that we're doing that. I don't mind one disagreement with the schedule. I don't know if we need six games against Springfield or against Ben. I'd rather get to see four different uh, South division opponents over the course of the year. I think that would be, I think the fans would enjoy that too. I mean, Corvallis and Wenatchee, of course, combined of the two most, uh, they've been the two winningest teams in the West Coast League's history in terms of championships. Uh, first time since I've been in the league that we don't face them. First time since I've been here, we don't see Walla Walla or Yakima. I think the Yakima connection is great, not just because of how close they are, but because of how well our fans know their head coach from when he coached in Wenatchee. And Walla Walla has been uh, you know, a fantastic rival over the years as well. And so it's been some great games between these teams. So I'm really bummed about that. And the Corvallis series in particular, Mitch, I mean, that was that was probably the most entertaining three-game series of last season. That was the best baseball we saw all summer, mid-July. There, there were some nights where, you know, throughout the year where it went the Apple Sox way, it didn't. Some great blowout victories, other things. But that weekend against Corvallis was the best baseball. And we talked about this before. So I, I'm bummed that we don't get to see that. But uh, it's got to be exciting to be going to Springfield, though. That's a newer market in the West Coast League, and I'm sure that'll be a neat one as well. Uh, who are some other road opponents, uh, whether you've been there before or not, who you're excited about on this year's schedule? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the one that really jumped out to me that I immediately looked to make sure we were playing at their place was Edmonton. Um, that that was that was one of the best road trips I've ever been on going last summer to, to their park, Remax Field, uh, which used to be, a, you know, the Twins might uh, – I believe it was the Twins AAA – um stadium and uh just a, incredible facilities a great park um the, the fans were awesome you know they were so engaged with us and asking for autographs after the game and um it, it was just a once in a lifetime experience and so you know the, I, I guess it's not a once in a lifetime anymore we get to go back up there this summer but um I, I really enjoyed going to Edmonton and so I'm really excited to go back up there and play against them yeah, that series, June 30th through July 2nd, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday one, uh, really felt like a minor league experience for our guys. And obviously they soaked it up a little bit, but we won two or three there. So we can't complain too much, right, about them enjoying things up there just with the fan adulation and the big crowds uh, for those games as well. I think one that also really stood out to me for – um, I, I it, it's always a fun place to play at is Victoria. It they've got a great home field advantage with how their crowd is a big part of it. I've always enjoyed doing games there. Um, I think wrapping the season up with Bellingham and then Kelowna is going to be interesting. I think we'll there's no I, it was so surprised to me no home games for the Apple Sox in August. Granted, there's only six on the schedule, but no home games in there was really interesting and. I'm grateful for the cooler weather we'll get in Bellingham that first week of August and then going up a little bit further north to Kelowna. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I got a little bit of deja vu when I saw that because in 2018, the Apple Sox entered the final weekend of the season with a chance to get into the playoffs. If they won, um, they had to sweep the Kelowna Falcons. They weren't able to do so. So I'm hoping we don't need to go there needing to get into the postseason, of course. Um, this year but that should be fun as well Mitch what else kind of stood out on the schedule to you there's a great stretch in July where there's gonna be a lot of home games July 17th through 30th the Apple Sox are home for that entire stretch that one stood out to me what else to you on this year's schedule yeah to uh, touch on your point about August um, that you know in some ways as a coach that'll be nice that'll be kind of our rallying cry a little bit and just be hey 
you guys want to play a home game in August, we, we got to find a way to get into playoffs. So um, that, that'll be the only way we see our fans in August is if we're, we're in the postseason. Um, but like you touched on again, you know, that, that July homestand uh, really jumped out to me. Um, what did you say there? Three, six, nine, 12 straight games at home um, included with a couple off days in July. So um, that'll be really nice to have our guys just be with their host families, be in the Wenatchee Valley, um, being at home, you know, with some of those off days, it gives our guys a chance to go, you know, see the Wenatchee Valley a little more um, when you have those long home stands as opposed to bouncing around and traveling so much. So um, I think we'll try to build in some stuff with our team to get out and about as a team this year and um, try to see some of the Wenatchee Valley, but um yeah, that, you know, that big homestand really jumped out as well. Yeah, that'll be a nice little stretch. I know you'll enjoy that plenty of time with family and with the job in there as well. I'm sure the players will enjoy a little bit more time. Uh, it, it's hard to beat sleeping in your own bed and getting ready for games that way. So that'll be really nice for them as well. And it's worth mentioning to everyone listening that we've got a lot of great ticket packages on sale for this season. You can get your seats for all 31 home games for as affordable as $145. That's for general admission bleacher tickets. Premium seating for all 31 games is $245. And we also have a 10-game plan that we're offering. It's 10 tickets that you can use for any game. You get multiple people at the same game or just spread out the 10 tickets over 10 different games. That's $60, so about $6 per ticket. Really hard to beat that price uh, as well. You you can get your tickets right now by calling 509-665-6900 or even visiting applesocks.com slash season dash tickets. And Mitch, of course, the best way for fans to get a free ticket all summer long is by being a host parent. Uh, how important is that? And, you know, what what are we looking from from host parents uh, for the 2023 season? Yeah, we're always looking to, always looking for host parents. Um, yeah, the best way, I mean, if you want free season tickets, um, and a lot of times we forget to mention, you know, if you have young kids, uh, they get into all the Apple Sox camps for free um, if you sign up to be a host parent. So really, it really works out, really good deal. Um, you know, one of my sisters last year, um, we were kind of getting towards the home stretch, and she decided to be a host parent, and um, she's already asking if she can have the same kid back for next year. So uh, <laughs> she's excited to be signed up again, and uh, it really is. It really is a cool experience. Um, you know, no matter what your age, whether you're, um, you know, young, you know, you know, a young family with kids at home, whether, you know, you know, your kids are out of the house, whether you're, you know, you're single and living at home. Um, it's a fun experience to have one of these guys come and stay with you. And, um, you know, a lot of the times they're gone, they're at the field, they're, uh, lifting weights, they're at the gym, but, you know, you're able to form that connection and then kind of have someone to root for at a lot of these home games. So it's it, it overall, it's a really cool experience for uh, for these families that sign up. You were a big help in getting a lot of new host parents on last season. What was one of the best stories you heard from a host parent about how they enjoyed their summer? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, I you know one of our one of our host parents that we have. Um, you know, he, his biggest highlight was he said that every, every, every home game, um, you know, his, his player would come home and they would sit down, he'd have dinner ready for him and they would just talk sports. He said they'd sit down on their couch, um, have a meal together and they talk about the game. They talk about, you know, sports going on on TV. 
Um, and he said, honestly, you know, his kids are out of the house now. And he said, it was just, it was just nice to have, you know, somebody to sit down and, and, and talk to again, as far as sports. And he's a big time sports guy. He had coached a lot of years. And, uh, so he just enjoyed having them in their house and being able to have a, um, someone to relate to and, you know, just talk a little sports with. Sometimes it's really nice when it's something like that, where you're already a huge sports fan if you're interested in hosting, but it's also great. And maybe you're just a casual fan and each summer we know how this is, you know, the rosters are pretty brand new and you just want someone to cheer for. And that's what makes, I think being a host parent so fun is that you have that guy to cheer for and you have him to root on uh, for all summer long. And like we said, the biggest requirement is just having an extra bedroom for the kid to stay in and then just being able to feed them because They'll eat a lot of food over the course of the summer, but half the time they are gone as well. So and if you are interested in becoming a host parent, please give us a call, 509-665-6900, or you can email Allie, A-L-L-I-E, at applesocks.com. Well, Mitch, it's been a lot of fun chatting about the schedule. Um, we do this as we're all, you know, in our colder temperatures across the country right now dealing with this, but uh, dreaming of warmer days ahead. And like I said, next time we're going to have a podcast here, Mitch, we are going to be doing some fun topics this offseason before we dive into the roster. I hope you've been compiling your list because our next one that we're going to do in December, it's going to be you and I chatting about our Mount Rushmore of people in Apple Sox history, your four like most prominent members. So I do have a Mount Rushmore mini bust over here somewhere in my apartment. But uh, so I'll be looking to that for inspiration for uh, the next time that we chat. Mitch, thanks for joining us here today. Absolutely. Thank you, Joel. Well, this has been the Apple Sox podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. And don't forget, you can uh, purchase your Apple Sox season tickets now by visiting applesocks.com slash season dash tickets. Or again, calling 509-665-6900. Don't forget, the holidays are coming up. And we hope to have uh, you, you know, including the Apple Sox in your Christmas gifts for people, whether that's with season tickets or perhaps even by purchasing some merchandise Head over to applesocks.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout to save 20% on your online order. I'm Joel Norman. This has been the Apple Sox Podcast.